Hi, my name is Kristen Harrell-Lambides. I'm a licensed professional counselor based in New Jersey, and this is Out Is Through, Personal Experiences and Therapy Soundbites, where we'll be tackling and talking through our burning questions about our respective messy and magical lived human experiences from a therapeutic perspective, and hopefully gaining a little more clarity, freeing our minds from uncertainty and self-doubt as we grow and evolve together. So join me from the comfort of your preferred broadcast streaming service, and let's work our way out of challenges by talking them through and destigmatizing mental health struggles together. So a couple months back, I released my part one, as I said, of the Dating with Intention segment of this podcast um, with my partner, Steve, who is joining me once again today. Say hi. Hello. So we had talked then about our beginning stages of our journey, approaching app life, dating with intention, and everything that that entailed for us. So once you get past that DTR conversation with somebody that you found on an app who seems like they might be promising, um, do you know DTR? No. Do you know what I'm talking about when I, I say that? I have no it's idea. It's a DTR for um, my 90-year-old and this like hot 30-something body <laughs> is um, defining the relationship. So... <laughs> And when, um, when you have the what are we conversation, um, which we didn't actually do, really, like in true me fashion. So, you want to, like, be my boyfriend or something? <laughs> well, we uh, did, I guess, because we went from a situationship uh, to a relationship. <laughs> did we ever actually call it a, relation- a situationship or was that just, like, everybody else? Uh, you definitely uh, defined us as a, a situationship. Tongue in cheek, or like actually, anyway. I, I, I never knew that uh, term until uh, until you applied it to us. I thought Claudia said it first. <laughs> anyway, okay, so we are less than two minutes in and off track. So off to a stellar start with the connecting flights here. Um. Anyway, so once you DTR, define your relationship, and have that whole conversation with your person, and decide like, yeah, we're gonna give this a go. I, I like you enough for that. Sure. Let's do this damn thing. Um, which technically, like, we already had, but it was new when we did that first episode. Um, so this is the part two. How do you continue to date with intention once you're no longer in that, like, dating, everything's shiny and new kind of part of things? And we're going to be talking about that today. And... How we do that is by conscious relating in our relationship. And what that is, is taking an approach to problems or triggers that may arise in the relationship um, with an attitude of self-acceptance, forgiveness, and openness to discuss and share your experiences. So this is something that is very grounded in responsibility and taking accountability for yourself, your stuff, and subsequent behaviors that may come up and impact your relationship as a result of said stuff. So one of the components that kind of goes hand in hand with that accountability piece is something that we had talked about in 
the first episode, the Dating with Intention episode, which was being straightforward and upfront about who you are, what your intentions are, what you're about. Um, and this is something that I say, that I talk about a lot of the time with clients who are coming about their relationships, friends who are coming to me for relationship advice, who are kind of falling into this really common pitfall, actually, of falling for someone's potential. Like, like, oh, I can see the good in them and everything that we could be would be so amazing if they would just X, Y, and Z fill in the blank of the behavior you wish they would do or stop doing. Um, my response to that is date people, not projects. It's something that I've been saying for years. Um, ever since I recovered from dating projects myself, really. And you had said something the other, or last night, I guess, when we were talking and preparing for this episode about don't be a project manager. Um, so can you expand a little bit on that? Sure. Uh, what I really was um, meaning to say, and uh, the whole thought of that is you can't be someone that is an engineer of someone else's life. Uh, you have to really manage uh, your own expectations of someone. If you're going into a relationship, uh, being honest with them about who you are, you should trust that they're being honest uh, that this is who they are. And if you're looking uh, at someone and you can see this possibility and you are uh, just hoping and trying to nudge them uh, to change because you think uh, and you see them as what they can be, you're putting someone on a, on a pillar uh, and you're making them, uh, you know, uncomfortable inherently uh, mm -hmm. because uh, you're, really expecting them to act in a way that is not true to themselves. Uh, it's something that uh, is really stressful because your partner sees you uh, in a way and is asking you to do things at times. Sure, it may be small things uh, that you don't even think about, but uh, in dating, you're talking about uh, a big life uh, important you know, uh, things sometimes. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these are things that, uh, people may not ever change because it's just not who they are. Yeah. And I used this analogy a little bit earlier, actually in that session today, um, talking, I talk about relationships with a lot of my people and, um, the idea of, you know, like making this big decision, like, do I want to commit to this person was the conversation. And it was, you know, I had this analogy of like, yeah, like, you know, yes, take that seriously. Like, you know, like, don't, don't second guess yourself on that. Because if you're going to commit to this person for the long haul, like you're choosing a co-pilot for your life. 
Yeah, and you have to have an understanding as to what their skills actually are. If uh, you're going to be choosing uh, your partner, you have to understand that they are not perfect. They have uh, uh, deficiencies uh, that are not compatible with you necessarily, uh, and uh, yours may not be compatible with them. You, know, you just can't be uh, a, a perfect uh, partner. Uh, you know, if uh, you are just expecting someone to change, mm-hmm. you have to know what you have. Yeah. Um, another thing that I quote a lot, I've quoted this in session for sure to a couple people. It's like, hey, did you ever see Rent? Life is short, babe. Time is flying. I'm looking for baggage that goes with mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, because we all got it. But hopefully your baggage fits neatly in the overhead compartment next to your person's baggage and you're good there that was a whole tangent so so yeah so not being a project manager and remembering where you started right so for us we started on the app and didn't catfish each other and didn't really misrepresent like who we are um which should be the goal. That's how you set yourselves up with a nice solid foundation for conscious relating. If you've been real with who you are, um, if you've honestly presented yourself to each other. Right. Uh, Starting off uh, the relationship uh, on a lie uh, is just never going to work. It's bad math. Uh, It's just, uh, it's it's a recipe for failure always. Mm -hmm. So how do we then keep that going um, after that? Or, or in the beginning, right? So how, how do you see it as changing from where we started to where we are? Consistency. Uh, if you start uh, dating with intention uh, and you were honest at the beginning, that's what makes it easy and natural uh, because you didn't lie. Uh, You just are who you are and uh, you will uh, hopefully find someone that accepts you for that uh, and uh, just the same. It's a a mixed bag of emotions. Online dating uh, is easy but it's stressful because when you start uh, meeting people out in the wild you know you do put your best foot forward uh, and that's all well and good Mm -hmm. because you know you want to make a good impression. But uh, more often than not, uh, I find uh, when I'm talking to people that you're overextending and uh, you're you know, trying to create uh, an image of someone that you're really not. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, once uh, that facade like, like falls flat you know, later on and the truth comes out and all those uh, warts and boils are exposed, you know, it's, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about this a little bit, too, um, in the first episode of kind of that that faux intimacy, right? Like, people feel like they know you more than they do because of the apps, because of social media. Yeah, that that's something that uh, I've, and one of the reasons I've kind of become a, a social media skeptic, because uh, when you look at someone on the uh, internet and you have that... Uh, Faux uh, intimacy, as you're saying, you think you know someone who they are because uh, on social media, uh, 
a lot of the times uh, they are just uh, putting out a character mm-hmm. that uh, they believe uh, that uh, the world should see, but that's not really necessarily who they are. It may be a small slice of their personality, you mm-hmm. know, or it could be a complete fabrication. Yeah. And I don't remember, this is not my original, but I have co-opted it. Like that idea of cultivating a persona and working so hard at that that you forget to actually develop a personality. And there's a lot of that, I feel, too. So, but before we get off track again, so we're established now in the real world. We dated with intention. It works for us. And now we are on to our little conscious relating chapter and what that looks like for us. So there are four pillars of a conscious relationship. Um, They are commitment, trust, respect, and communication. Uh, Communication is the one that I probably emphasize the most, I think, talk about the most often, the importance of having those clear, open lines of communication in a relationship and approaching conflicts in particular with a focus on resolution versus rehash. Uh, This is something I talk about a lot in couples work too, is, you know, you guys are, and most of us have this tendency to get embroiled in this back and forth of, well, you said this, so I said that. You did this, so I did that. And just reliving this experience that was shitty to begin with rather than focusing on that resolution. And where can we course correct so that we don't cause our partners to feel that way again? Um, So I know that that's the one that I focus on the heaviest probably and talk about the most but they are all, they're all important yeah they're they're all necessary uh it's, it's circular it's not a uh, pick and choose uh you have to maintain open lines of communication because relationships are dynamic they're not static shit is going to happen in life yeah like that's something else i have all these things i always say should i like, write a book or something um, but yes, like the people, like, yes, life is, life is stressful. Shit does happen. And the people that you choose to have in your orbit should be the people who are easing and alleviating that stress for you, not adding to it. Yeah. It's wonderful to find someone that you can relax with and be yourself, but uh, that is also something that uh, you can tend to take for granted if you're not careful mm-hmm. you really have to be uh, committed uh, to the relationship and respect your partner is their choosing uh, to be with you uh, and you are choosing to be with them and it is a choice uh, that is uh, happening every single day mm-hmm. uh, and that is uh, one of those things that uh, again you have to talk through uh, the problems you have to communicate your feelings uh, and you have to trust that uh, your partner is actually hearing you mm-hmm. well I think trust too you know in 
in the relationship. Like I remember years ago, um, not obviously like our relationship, um, but I remember going out with a friend and asking like her asking what my partner was up to that night and me being like, Oh, I don't know. We didn't really, we texted a little bit today, but like, I don't really know. I imagine like playing a video game, watching a show or sleeping and like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk tomorrow and then I'll mention that I was out with you tonight. And she just looked at me and was the human embodiment of the exploding head emoji because she's like, wait, they're not going to care. Like, that's not going to be a big fight. Like, nothing's going to happen. I'm like, no, I'm going to get a, like, I'm like, oh, you saw her? How is she? I hope, did you guys have fun? And that was literally, like, almost verbatim what my partner said. Um, You know, like, having that trust of, like, yeah, you were, you were out with your friend. Nothing shady happened. Where there's so many just, like, toxic dynamics of people being like, okay, well, you're out. You didn't tell me this is this big problem. Clearly, there wasn't trust in that relationship. Uh, and again, without uh, one of these pillars, the relationship will just fall apart. This, mm-hmm. this is, uh, as you're telling that story, uh, it's a relationship uh, that is just uh, going to suck your uh, energy away if uh, you're always living in fear uh, that uh, your action is going to upset your partner uh, because you're just having uh, an interaction with a friend someone that uh, you know and enjoy but for some reason your uh, partner sees as a threat you can't socialize with people that's that's really poisonous yeah I hate that shit But yeah, like you were saying, yes, you need all of these four pillars. So it's like these four kind of cornerstones, right? Holding up the relationship. So kind of, yeah, like you said, it's not a pick and choose. Um, It's what I always say about love languages, which I, you know, I have like really mixed feelings about. Like my love language is all of them. Like I want quality time with you. I want to say affirming things to each other. Um, Like, I want to be physically close. Um, Acts of service, you're a boss with acts of service. Like, you're great. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) Um, And gifts, like, I don't care as much about. But I think also, like, you know, the one thing... Like one of the things that you did, like that's really awesome, is anytime I'm expressing interest in an experience, like you are making it happen for me, right? Like anytime I'm like, oh, like this show is happening, or this actress I really like is in this play, like you're like okay, well we're going, I'm making this happen. Um, so I guess that's that's like a gift-giving acts of service hybrid, maybe. Yeah, and, you know, it's interesting because as you say that, uh, the uh, you just describe that as gift-giving, and uh, I actually see that uh, as a, a, a quality time 
because mm, that too. Yeah, that experience uh, is uh, spending time with you. Yeah. In a way that uh, so all the things. So it's okay to be greedy. It's okay to to want all of the things, all the love languages, all of the pillars. Um, it doesn't work without it because you get what you get without it is battery relationships, um, where you are using each other as this energy source where it's this codependency, like this other person needs to complete me. Um, fucking Jerry Maguire fucked us all up with that. (laughs) I don't even remember that movie. Just like that was Jerry Maguire, right? Yes. Yeah. There was some other dumb line from it too. Um, and then there's this like dissatisfaction. Like there was always that, you know, there's something that's just missing. There's something that's just like not quite there because you are expecting this other person to be everything to you. And that's not a fair ask. It's not uh, because, again, a relationship is supposed to be with someone that uh, you identify as your partner. Uh, that is your counterpart, uh, you know. It is someone that, uh, you yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. I know where you're going with that. I have an Ani quote written down for this one, too. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> so, of course, I, like, yeah, so I know I did Ani DeFranco in the last one. Actually, I didn't when I jotted this quote down for this one, and then I looked at the notes, and I was just like, oh. Well, I did it again, but it's from the song Bliss Like This, Ani DeFranco. I don't want to wear you like a Band-Aid, wave you like a ticket out of my good grief. I just want to know you like I know my garden, what you smell like when you're blooming, what lives underneath. And so that to me is, it's part of that acceptance like that you were talking about earlier, right? Like, like accepting and embracing that total package of your partner, right? You're not just using your person for what can I get from you? What, what can you make me feel that's positive about myself? Which is, I think, what's going on in the patterns of codependency and all of these impossible expectations that we're seeing in the battery relationship. Like where, you know you're asking one person to be everything to you and to meet your every need. Like, shit, man, I don't want to do that for you. I don't want you to do that for me. That is so unhealthy. So conscious relationships were not just focused on what we're getting out of it. We're creating something that's going to nourish us back. So it's bigger than just us we're harnessing the creative space coming out of our connection moving towards personal growth and our higher purpose and seeing that relationship as a vessel to move through past experiences and patterns and grow internally and seeing your partner as your partner in healing um and really defining your boundaries in the relationship. Um, being clear on, like you were saying before, 
you're not trying to change or fix this person. Um, we just changed the way that we relate. I think that as we have kind of deepened that something that's just coming up for me as I'm reading through this list that we're pretty solid on. Um, so moving towards personal growth and higher purpose, like I have said this to you when I will say it publicly on a podcast that I'm going to stick up on Spotify and maybe my like hundred or so followers that I have or whatever are going to listen to this and hear it too. But like, I would not have taken the risk of going into private practice without your support, without your encouragement, without you in my corner. Like, if I didn't have the level of support that you provide, if, if we were not mutually nourishing each other in the way that we do, it would have felt too risky. I would not have done it. Like, I know me, I wouldn't have. And, you know, as far as uh, that goes, uh, it's something that uh, as I take pride uh, and, you know, responsibility in being your partner, that does mean uh, exactly what we're talking about, uh, being there uh, to support uh, the other person. Mm-hmm. I think you used uh, the... Uh, um, the, the sharing of weight uh, in a relationship, uh, 80, 20, you know, or whatever uh, the math is, uh, you taking on a responsibility uh, of your own to grow and develop your practice, uh, you know, uh, set out uh, like on your own is, it's a tall task. Uh, and uh, that is something that in the, uh, the uh, encouraging you, I, I know that uh, it would also be, my responsibility to be there for you because this is something that is incredibly important to you it's your decision it's your path and i'll be there uh, to help Mm -hmm. you but um you you can do it uh, because you want it Mm -hmm. yeah and i think too um this other thing on the list is jumping at me is seeing your partner as your partner in healing which, like, I touched on a tiny, tiny, tiny bit um, in that very first episode of this. Um, I think it was just, like, an in-passing comment even, but and something else that I've said to you, too, acknowledging that because of the level of trust and emotional safety that we have present in our dynamic it's it is healing like you're you're my partner in healing and having all these insights come up about like my stuff and my trauma and like how you know accepting and present you are when those triggers get tripped like just kind of holding space for me through it holding me through it if that's what I need. And for sure, it's, it, it, we've 
been talking about it. Uh, you are a talker. Uh, I am a talker, maybe not so much uh, on the podcast uh, as the uh, listeners may perceive me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the, in the real world, uh, this is all at this moment. Uh, you know, I can hold that space for you because we've discussed it. You know, we've mm-hmm. shared and you've uh, made yourself, uh, allowed yourself to be emotionally vulnerable, but uh, shared, you know, who you were, uh, who you are and uh, what has happened in your life uh, to bring you to this point in the story. And that is all information that I've actively listened to and taken into consideration uh, as we interact. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Like I... That is, yeah, not something that I have always had. I guess I had my own battery relationships, boundaries. Um, I think we're we're good with boundaries. We're good with, I think, revisiting and reestablishing where they are when new stuff comes up, too. So while this is not expressly detailed in kind of any of the notes that I have right now, but that idea of constantly reestablishing those boundaries, um, letting the experiences that we have as a couple inform that. So I'm thinking, for example, of, you know, the first disagreement that we had where, you know, so, and how it ties into the conscious relationship is that being honest and upfront about, you know, this is me, this is my stuff, this is my baggage, and does it fit in that overhead compartment with yours? And like the biggest, the biggest thing that I can pinpoint, I think, in our relationship where that was fully a yes was when we had you know, the first disagreement that we had and I set the bound, like set the little boundary after, like set the expectation, I guess, more so than a boundary after of, hey, like this is a thing about me that kind of sucks that I don't enjoy either, um, which is like, we have resolved this disagreement, you've apologized, you've taken accountability, like, that part is over, but for me, because of past experiences that I have had with previous partners, I take a really long time to recalibrate after a disagreement and, you know, setting that expectation, like, this is what it might mean. This is what it might look like. I'm going to be probably a little bit more standoffish for a while, like, I take a couple days to reset sometimes. Um, and you were just like, okay, well, that's frustrating, but I get it. And we went to dinner with friends and, you know, like just had a chill evening and you kind of rolled with it and just, we were able to just be even in that and I woke up the next morning and 
kind of looked at you and was like, huh. I don't know what's going on, but I think this is the quickest that this has ever happened and I'm good now. And I feel like that is kind of how it can play out when you are consciously relating with your partner. That's where being adaptable is so fundamentally important. You and your partner, your relationship, everyone, it's it's dynamic. It's not static. Everything is learning. And you have to understand uh, that uh, your partner is different than you. You react uh, to things differently. And you just have to understand uh, that they are going through a process just the same that you would, even if it's different. And you just have to manage your expectations uh, mm. uh, with uh, the situation and learn uh, how to react uh, that is respectful and mindful of uh, the relationship. Uh, you have to just know how to communicate with each other, uh, even in times when you want to just smack the shit out of them. Do you want to smack the shit out of me? Never. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hit you back. <laughs> and harder. <laughs> no, not really. Um, you know, I'd leave your ass, though. <laughs> Mm. But yes, so so John Bowlby, who developed attachment theory, which I've decided to is going to be its own episode because there's a lot to unpack with attachment theory, and I want to try to do actually a panel episode with this. Um, and also the other night I, you know, I shared with you, you know, I think I'm actually a lot more avoidant attachment than I realized. And you were like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> like, like my attachment style is more avoidant than, than previously thought. Um, but yes. So he also talks about with conflict resolution in relationships, um, rupture and repair. So, where you have that disconnect followed by restoration and positive continuation of that relationship. Um, and so the repairing process, I think we can kind of go through the list of this and, and there, and maybe just um, talk a little bit about how we think that we do with it and I think we're pretty solid but also where can we improve because there's always room for that too um so the first step is reaching out and apologizing ideally as soon as possible after the rupture um and without excuses or attempts to justify your actions acknowledging and making sure you fully acknowledge and accept your responsibility for the situation before reaching out and making sure that if you feel like you might get defensive, you're just waiting on that for a little bit. Then once you know you can reach out and initiate that apology without getting defensive, you're going to let your partner know how much you value them. That's step two. Um, step three, listening. 
whether they need to vent more about whatever the initial problem was, whether they want to talk about how the rupture has made them feel, ensuring that you are giving them space to speak freely. And if they don't have anything to add, just reflecting your understanding of what they previously had communicated to you when that rupture occurred. Um, then assuring them that you are going to course correct, you're going to address this concern as soon as possible and modify the problem behaviors that led to the rupture in the first place and then following through, right? The best apology is changed behavior. Um, so I have thoughts on this if we were going to like grade how we do on these, um, which I think, I think we do okay. I think there's room for improvement. Um, so I know that um, most recently um, we had talked a lot about that first one and kind of had a little bit of a struggle getting on the same page, even though we, you know, we ultimately were able to of um, not having those excuses and justifications when we are resolving a conflict, when you are offering that apology. Um, so I'd say like, like solid B plus and room to bump that up to an A minus with just like a little bit of extra credit work there. <laughs> I don't know if the grading thing is going to actually work for this, but yeah, thoughts like, you know what I'm getting at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, Fighting uh, with uh, your partner uh, is it's hard uh, because it's something where one person uh, is uh, inherently going to be uh, told that uh, they're wrong or they wronged uh, their partner, uh, and uh, if it was uh, if it wasn't even intentional, but because of an action uh, that was uh, directed uh, at. Uh, at your partner, you know, that hurt their feelings, uh, you know, it uh, brought something up uh, from their past, uh, uh, even if it was unintentionally, uh, it is something that uh, you have to recognize, uh, but it, it's, it's complicated. Uh, the thing that, um, you know, with uh, accepting responsibility, uh, it's, 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 fundamental it's what you have to do it is uh the uh the aspect of respect uh that you show your partner because you do value them uh and you have to really understand why i mean that was one of the things that in our, our last fight you know i wasn't immediately recognizing what the issue was mm -hmm. and uh then you know, we also did not take uh, enough time, uh, I think, because once I actually understood, oh, shit, you're pissed, you know, I, I did have uh, the desire, you know, uh, deep down to correct uh, the situation. Uh, and I, I think um, because I didn't know exactly, <laughs> truly uh, what I had done wrong, you know, it was uh, a, a a situation where I reacted uh, before I had uh, thought out uh, the process and we didn't have maybe enough time to get through uh, the first step. But e 
either way, the uh, the fundamentals is that there's a desire uh, to better the situation, to better uh, learn how to deal with uh, issues moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I think, too, that, you know, it was the whole situation of, okay, you snapped at me when you were stressing over work stuff, and I told you I didn't appreciate that because it wasn't about me, and then you were kind of, like, giving me all the explanations. Like, so I think this happened because of this, this, and this. And, you know, for half of that, like, that whole conflict resolution scenario could have been so much shorter if you had understood I was reacting to, like, I don't want the excuses and justifications for why you did what you did and your apology, because that doesn't feel like a real apology. And meanwhile, you're in your head, like, she has tone too sometimes. Like, what the fuck? Why am I being crucified? And like, once we kind of got on the same page of like, this is what it was actually about, um, we were good, I think. Um, I think also like, like that second one, um, like you definitely let me know that you valued me. Um, like that next morning when... You know, you said, like, I want to talk about this more after work, but, like, I love you, I want to be with you, and I want you to be with me. Like, again, kind of back to that that groundwork that was laid in the beginning, that dating with intention, that, you know, first date, the moment that I referenced in part one of this episode of you just verbalizing, like, I want to see you again, like, I... Like, I want to see you. I want to be with you. Like, I value you. Like, you you are great with that. Well, yeah. Uh, that, again, is uh, something that uh, that's the whole topic we're talking about. Uh, you have to understand uh, your perspective, where you're coming from, and what you're bringing uh, into the relationship, and what is what you want uh what you want out of it and what's fair to ask uh from your partner Mm -hmm. and like uh, well i think like knowing that you're talking about the same thing helps too because once we were once we were there it was kind of like done it's just like oh yeah this is this is workable this is fine yeah Because conflicts usually come from the simple fact that you're two different people with two different viewpoints. You have different uh, histories and stories. I always found it kind of interesting that uh, the uh, opposites attract is uh, a dynamic that uh, is really intriguing. Uh, And it's uh, interesting that you find someone uh, that is different than you. uh, And it is something that... Uh, is intriguing because they are uh, someone that doesn't share the same uh, viewpoints uh, across the board. Uh, And it does bring a lot of uh, conversation and uh, a dynamic uh, to a relationship that uh, can be uh, a source of conflict. But at the same time, uh, if it is uh, a, a relationship where you 
respect each other and appreciate each other's uh, perspective on things. It is something that uh, can really be a, uh, a beautiful thing because you recognize the differences in each other. Uh, it, just because someone has a different perspective on things um, doesn't mean that it's bad, but you have to appreciate their differences for who they are. Yeah, and I think definitely that is how and where that nourishment can happen in your relationship dynamic because when you're doing that, when you're respecting each other that way, when you are coming together and talking through those differences, you're also creating the space to recognize the different strengths that you both bring to the table too. Right, and those those strengths and those differences are something that really should be celebrated within that relationship. Uh, your partner is your partner uh, by choice, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, it's what makes them interesting and fun. Yeah, know. and you know, I never like that word celebrate um, because I don't think that you and I ever really spoke about that in so many words before recording this really but I you know realize hearing you use that word that when I have been supporting others through their relationship challenges I've kind of been describing it that way to them too of like you know this is not it like this is so painful for you and like you are watering yourself down so much and you deserve to be with somebody who makes you feel celebrated. And like, I'm saying that to them from such a place of conviction because I know it's possible to be with somebody who celebrates your your totality because I have that in you. Um, So that, that I think is important. And, you know, when we're doing that, it's um, weird that this is the quote that's popping into my head because I'm super not religious, but I remember just hearing that um, last line of that famous prayer um, from St. Francis of Assisi, um, grant that I may seek rather to comfort than to be comforted, to understand than to be understood, or to love than to be loved. So kind of creating that reciprocal nourishment, like it's coming back to you because you are putting it out in this selfless way to your person. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that uh, is, uh, that's a quote about like standing tall and being powerful. Someone who is ready to be a partner uh, because you have enough love for yourself uh, to be able to give to others. Uh, and you value yourself enough that you're capable of sharing your love with another in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. And that's, um, I think the distinction between when we are talking about, um, you know, consciously relating to one another versus using your partner as that energy source where you're creating that battery relationship. You know, that nourishment is coming in this equal give and take with that selfless focus. And when you have that, it is naturally cultivating an environment of emotional safety where you can heal like be each other's partner in healing, like we were talking about before, you can grow into your fullest potential because who you are at your core is being celebrated instead of stifled or watered down in some way. 
That's good math. That's a formula for success. It is. Agreed. That's all I have for today. If you liked what you heard and want more, you can connect and follow me on both Instagram and TikTok at Out Is Through Podcast to stay in the loop about what's next and check out whatever random therapy-themed content I might deem relevant enough to share to our little community on any given day. Until then, be you, be true, and live your life to the fullest as your most authentic self. Talk to you soon.